Hello and welcome to Euractor's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractive's Agri-Food News Team. So this week, we're very happy to welcome to the Agri-Food Podcast, Magdalena. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Not her first time. Magdalena. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Hi. Um, so Magdalena kindly agreed to come on the podcast today and talk a little bit more about the French presidency, which is the main kind of topic we've been talking about this week, the main stuff that's been happening in the agri world. Um, so Magdalena, um, Julien de Normandie, the French agri minister, was in the parliament, in the agri committee this week in the parliament. Um, what was he there? What did he say? How, how, what? Tell us, tell us more. Yes, all right. <laughs> I'm happy to. So uh, basically, he um, repeated what he has already been saying since last year and the, the beginning of this year with the start of the French presidency on January 1st. So he basically made a point in front of the members of the Agri Committee um, on what are the, the French priorities for this EU Council presidency. Mm-hmm. So he, he quickly came back on the points that uh, Macron pointed out in front of the parliament last week. So the three council priorities of the French being sovereignty, economic growth, and a feeling of belonging to the EU. So what de Normandie said was that agriculture was basically at the heart of all three of these um, priorities or pillars, as he said, of the French presidency, because um, concerning sovereignty, um, it was very important, he said, to to stress the need for food sovereignty in Europe, so the, the, the need for European farmers to, to nourish the European population, basically. Um, and he also said that agriculture was all about economics, obviously, so uh, an important part of economic growth in the EU and a part of belonging because what we eat and the way we produce what we eat are also part of our national and European identities. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Definitely the Italian in this discussion would, uh, <laughs> would agree, I'm sure. <laughs> no, Gerardo? Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Um, and actually, on that point, you were talking about you know his vision for agriculture and the, the need to sovereignty and the need to you know the point of agriculture being to feed ourselves. There was a slight controversial moment, no, where he uh, let's not say attacked, but he maybe bashed a little bit the, the Greens, especially. It, it was funny because actually it ca- it came from uh, the spokesperson, not the spokesperson, the coordinator, the group coordinator uh, in the parliament, mm. uh, Martin Oisling. Mm. who's a green, a German green. And uh, the German greens are also in the government, uh, uh, in the ruling coalition in, uh, in Germany. Very true. So and it's basically the, you know, they, they uh, express the current agriculture minister in, uh, in Germany. So it was a, a very uh, weird attack. But remind us again, what was it that he, he said, Magdalena? So, um, Hoising, I don't know, but the Normandy basically answered that uh, the European Greens forgot a very crucial mm. point uh, about European agriculture, which was, which was the, the European farmers' mission to, to nourish the population and that it was their, their first and primordial mission. And that um, basically the agricultural, I mean, no, the agroecological transition, sorry, was all about first nourishing people and then thinking about the rest. So, like greening agriculture, etc. Although uh, there were some, let's say, critical points, as as was um, uh, as we were saying before uh, about Martin Oisling, but even other MEPs um, 
had some argu- some argument against certain uh, recent uh, developments in the uh, agricultural policy uh, in the French agricultural policy. It was mentioned that the organic sector uh, in France is not entirely. I mean, it's it's in a good condition. Let's say I remember that Magdalena, you also wrote about this, and also the this issue is the with this uh, neonicotinoid. Uh, uh, pesticides. Can you tell us a bit more about the current situation when it comes to organic and uh, and neonicotinoids in uh, France? Um, yes. So um, neonicotinoids. Sorry. Basically, um, it's it's basically the same as last year, where the French government reauthorized these insecticides, which have been forbidden in the EU since two thousand eighteen for being known as uh, bee killers, basically. Um, and he reauthorized them to save the, the French beetroot sector from being completely devastated by some, some virus that was basically killing these plants. And it seems that this year it's happening again and there's a huge controversy about, about all that because, well, as environmentalists and um, yeah defenders of the environment say, these insecticides have been forbidden for, for three and now four years and are still um, continuously reauthorized in France which is also shedding a bigger light on, on France's general attitude towards pesticides. So um, concerning glyphosate, for example. Um, which will be a big theme this year. Exactly, yeah. Renewal. In, in it, it's, it's, a be, you know, it's a be showing some kind of uh, double standard because it's quite high on the French presidency agenda, this thing of pesticides. Uh, but at the same time, they're, they're asking for derogations. Uh, actually, uh, Tash, speaking of pesticide and the priorities uh, of the French presidency, there was something a bit, uh, not unexpected, curious. but yeah, cu- uh, curious. I was sure you were going to say curious. <laughs> curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we talked a bit about it in the in the podcast uh, last week, mm. but um, are there any de- development on this pesticide residues um, aspect that the French president so dear for the French president? <laughs> yeah, well, it's true that I, so I spent actually quite <laughs> quite a lot of time this week trying to pick apart and figure out exactly what Julien de Normandie. Uh, once when he was saying that um, he wants to link the upcoming review on the sustainable use of pesticides directive as a reminder which comes on Mar- in March the proposal um, with a completely separate legislation on maximum residue limits uh, or MRLs as they're known um, so as a reminder this is something that he's put forward a number of times now in the agri-fish that we the agri-fish council meeting that we followed um, but also before that um, and the th- and thing is in and of itself, I mean, okay, he, he's saying what he wants to do, but these are two completely separate legislations. It's not clear kind of concretely or even at a technical level how this how this would work. I mean, you know, what, what do you what do you actually want? Um, so I, I kind of put the question to him and he was pretty vague. He was more pushing on the, you know, political willingness, um, building a political momentum, he said, around MRLs. And I was doing some digging this week and talking to a lot of different um, stakeholders and sources about what this could possibly mean, what, you know, what this, how this could happen in practice, um, their take on things. And a kind of a common theme that emerged when I was talking to these various different stakeholders was the idea that, that 
they thought probably um, Julien de Normandie was actually raising the issues of MRLs as a way to put a review of MRLs onto the EU agenda. So that's not something that's actually tabled for the moment. You know, it's not something the Commission is considering. Um, but it was very much seen as a move to kind of bring this up to the onto the political agenda at the EU level and push for a review of MRLs at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit weird also because of the, I mean, as you said, there's a legislation on, uh, on uh, pesticide uh, residues. Uh, yeah. The commission already did some uh, considerable steps with some uh, active substances, yeah. uh, you know, pushing for the um, basically zero uh, limits on with, with certain, uh, um, certain substances. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and at the same time, this is not the moment to push for something like this because, again, until the proposal from the commission, it's up to the commission. They consulting stakeholders, member states, uh, and even MEPs. They're receiving feedback, but in the end, it's up to the commission to come up with a, with a proposal. And then it's normal for the for the lawmakers to amend this proposal. At a later stage, so when the trilogue will start, and uh, and uh, I really don't see, apart from political um, political aspects uh, related to the elections, uh, as we said last week, uh, that's that's the oddity of this uh, of this uh, French presidency happening uh, when there will be important uh, presidential elections in. Uh, in what are you uh, suggesting? <laughs> yeah, in France, but apart from this, I mean the the moment in which the the member state could uh, could push for, for instance, uh, introducing the a mention uh, to a reference to the MRLs in the suit directive, it's basically during the trilogues. Yeah? I mean, the trilogues are are considered. Uh, are conceived because of this uh, possibility of amend at a later stage the the legislation proposed by the commission. Uh, but w- of course, we're gonna we're gonna uh, keep uh, reporting on this very important aspect. Also, because now uh, Natasha is on fire, uh, it has become one of her her favorite topics. Um, That's it strong, also but I like it. <laughs> this is this is a question for you both, of course. Uh, what kind of topic uh, Italian MEPs could have asked uh, to De Normandy? Something on the Nutri-Score. <laughs> Nutri-Score, of course. No, oh, Nutri-Score. Nutri-Score is the... Yeah, it's basically... Um, uh, in Italy now, they're talking about a lot about the presidential, presidential elections, but immediately after presidential election, there's always Nutri-Score on the horizon. There's uh, always Nutri-Score on the horizon yeah. for, <laughs> for Italians. The, the, the situation in Ukraine is not even in the top three topics, but Nutri-Score <laughs> is there. And um, so the Normandy confirmed basically that it's no longer relevant, which doesn't mean anything, but that uh, they're gonna they're gonna uh, push the uh, the topic of food labor it's not gonna be um, a priority in the during the french presidency and this will be uh, 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 the hot potato will be passed to the czech presidency i think so I, this, this is how i interpreted what he said 
uh, when you. I'm sure, they're very excited to inherit that. Was, yeah, he did this reference about the not uh, uh, relevant, but it's actually not new. There's a development because they already there was already an, a kind of appeasement between Italy and France uh, when there was uh, the 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 signing ceremony of this treaty is like a friendship treaty uh, uh, signed in uh, if I remember correctly in November. And uh, I remember the, the agriculture, the Italian agriculture minister Stefano Patonelli released the contact in the press, including me, saying, "Ah, by the way, the, the fr- uh, French people are basically uh, chickening uh, out uh, from the Nutrisco." And uh, and yeah, basically they're not doing this, but uh, they realize that it's so controversial that maybe it's not it's not better for them to address the issue during their presidency. Uh, and uh, and they move the the focus on uh, something so on uncontroversial things. like pesticides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, I still think there's a, there's a bit of difference between pesticide and and uh, Nutriscore, but uh, uh, actually, yeah, for for Italians, it's uh, it's super important. Um, I don't know, Magdalena, if there are other uh, interesting. Um, um, topics that uh, that uh, the French presidency is going to address. Yeah, well, basically, it's these two topics: reciprocity in in exchange. So, in, I mean, in trade relations on the one hand, and carbon farming on the other. These were the two specific political priorities that the moment he stressed out for the agricultural world during his intervention on on Tuesday. Carbon farming, we're about to talk about it's a great segue (laughs) we could not have lined that up better (laughs) thanks for the assist but uh, (laughs) when it comes to trade reciprocity uh, we also um, dealt with this in the in the newsletter in uh, your active uh, agri-food newsletter that we strongly suggest you to subscribe to and uh, yeah and uh, it's another very particular uh, topic um, not that uh, new for for France. Uh, they're pushing on this uh, even in, in other sector. Uh, but uh, Tash, since you you are the co-author of that um, uh, column in in the AgriFood Brief last week, uh, mm-hmm. what's the situation with this reciprocity uh, aspects? I just want to point out that 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 brief was. I mean, it had an excellent theme. Yeah. <laughs> One of our best, yeah, I'd say. A great a great pun in the title. Anyway. I agree. Um, yeah, thanks, Magdalena. Thanks, thanks. Um, I got distracted now. What, what was the question? Reciprocity, <laughs> reciprocity. Reciprocity, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's this idea of making, basically making trade as fair as possible, you know, having the same standards for things that are, for everything that's coming into the EU as EU producers have to uphold um, here in the EU. And it's, you know, it's not a it's not a new theme I'd say for the French. You know, it's a pretty long-standing theme that they're looking for this this fairness um, and reciprocity of all, all the standards when it comes to things like phytosanitary products. Um, you know, what kind of pesticides you can use and 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 to what extent you can use them. Um, but yeah, so it's basically this idea to not affect the competitiveness of European farmers by undercutting them with imports that have been produced by different standards. So yeah, it's very. I mean, put it in this term is uh, it's quite uh, simple, but uh, yeah, it's um, again it's another topic that we 
uh, gonna cover in the next uh, months. So as Magdalena so deftly segued us into earlier, she mentioned carbon farming. Um, of course, this is also, uh, as, you've, as you've said, uh, as you just said, a main priority for, uh, for the French presidency, right? Exactly, yeah. So and it's also a key president, a key priority right now for the European Commission. We've had the Sustainable Carbon Cycles communication um, that was published back in December. A lot of action happening on carbon farming. And uh, so, so what, what was it that Normandy said this week um, in, the, uh, in the parliament about carbon farming? Okay, so basically he, he repeated, he has said this many times over during the last year, but he repeated this week that he basically believes that European farmers are climate soldiers because of their very important role in fighting climate change by capturing and stocking CO2 in agricultural soils. I like the idea of climate soldiers. <laughs> That's something. It's, it's a pretty strong picture, yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice, uh, a nice image. No. Yeah, he likes to propose this kind of images. Yeah. So it's um, it's a very um, uh, visual uh, speaker. If, yes, if yes, yes, yes. It's like if... speaking of the mother of all battles when it comes to um, food sovereignty, for example. So we have battles, we have soldiers. The mother of battle. This, it's, this it's is impressive, epic. isn't it? <laughs> He's very emphatic when he talks, yeah. isn't he? Mm. Very, <laughs> it really emphasizes the stuff he says. Um, yeah, obviously, as I said, this co coincides with this carbon cycles communication from the commission, this action plan on how to can develop... We, can, we, can we make an announcement, Tash? Oh, no, no, you're going to do this. Go on, no, then. I'm not going to say anything. It's up to you. No, go on, go on. I, honestly, I, do, <laughs> I know very <laughs> little about this stuff, but it's true that there will be a big event organized by the commission um, next week on monday monday morning right. Right? Mm. Uh, with That's the, right yeah actually all day monday all day on monday it's a high level me meeting uh, meaning that there will be vice president commission vice presidents uh, franz timmermans uh, agriculture commissioner janusz wojciechowski both uh, environment and uh, agriculture minister um, for france uh, and this event will be uh, moderated by our own Natasha. So this is uh, this is something that you cannot miss. I already uh, I already took a day uh, took a day off on Monday just, just to sit to... with popcorn and watch yeah. me. <laughs> indeed, indeed. This this is uh, I mean it, I, I'm, this is a bit of a pride moment we can say yeah because it's uh, it's a very high level event and. Uh, uh, of course, uh, I mean it's 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 quite an achievement. Uh, Tash, we can turn it, we can turn this into an interview to you. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like a proud dad, Gerardo? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, you know, like the football players. No, not even football. Players. When when someone football uh, players, you make everything about football. <laughs> No, when, when someone, I don't know, uh, make a big achievement or like a, an, o an Oscar or... Uh, or well, you a, raise or like a, a young footballer through the academy and then they yeah, come through yeah, and yeah, then yeah, score their finally. first goal. No, 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 it's not the first goal, come on. All right, okay, they score a goal in the final or something. Yeah, 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 something All like right. that, something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, carbon farming is quite an important topic. And uh, as Tash said, uh, the commission is focusing on that. Uh, 
to be fair, at the moment, I see this a bit of a like, um, I don't know, a silver bullet, maybe. There's a lot of emphasis, uh, particularly because it's about money that farmers, uh, district farmers could actually receive uh, as an income um, support. To incentivize, right? To incentivize carbon removals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, there's a lot of hype. Uh, the point is that it's something that has been addressed also uh, during the um, Agrifish Council by some ministers uh, last week, that um, there are some open questions, particularly when it comes to the um, administrative burdens, uh, mm. because, of course, it, it, uh, it takes uh, uh, investment uh, mm -hmm. to assess the um the actual removals and uh, and uh, all these aspects so it's not in, not super easy not a ready-made uh, solution and that's also why um farmers also want to be incentive at the moment there's a lot of push on uh, carbon farming but it's true that the money is uh, elsewhere i mean it's not in the the forthcoming um, proposal from the commission and um, the, the, it's one of the eco scheme in in uh, um, in the new uh, common agricultural policy like for instance uh, Luis Planas last week uh, apart from speaking of Cintura Negra um, mentioned is that in the the Spanish strategic plan carbon farming and uh, um, conser conservative uh, agriculture uh, is uh, is one of the of the eco scheme uh, that the the Spain government put forward in the in the eco among the eco schemes, uh, but yes, I mean it's um, it's in an, a question mark when it comes to the implementation and particularly how you could um, reward farmers for for this practice apart from the funding in the common agricultural policy. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of open questions. Also, a lot of questions on the verification, the monitoring, reporting, things like that, you know, certification of these carbon removals. And this week, there was also um, the renewal of the top jobs in the European Parliament uh, when it comes to the committees. And uh, on Monday, there was the... Again, the renewal of the, the, the chair and the vice chair of the Agricultural Committee. Uh, it was confirmed as chair uh, the German uh, Christian Democrat uh, Norbert Linz that we had once in this podcast, we had an interview with him. You remember, Taj? I do indeed. Maybe even twice. No? No, I think, I think well, one interview and we've had one a few interview and one, one uh, comment. Yeah, a few if, comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, and all the other vice chair have been confirmed, uh, but there's a switch, let's say, a switch between Francisco Guerrero, the Green MEP, the Portuguese MEP, uh, that was replaced by uh, the French Green, uh, Benoit Bito, a very well known face in the Agriculture Committee. He is one of the um, most active in the agriculture committee, and uh, he's also a farmer himself, right? 
Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. And we have him uh, here for the podcast uh, for um, for an interview. Uh, so uh, welcome, uh, Benoit, and congratulations on your ele- election as vice chair. So what do you hope uh, to achieve with your new position? Thank you. This position will be an opportunity for me to try to amplify my contribution to the emergence of an agricultural development that relies on the three pillars of st- sustainable development, social, economic, and ecological. This, in order to allow the realization of food sovereignty now and in the future, will using public policies to answer a fair remuneration to producers without jeopardizing the future of of next generation. This agricultural model will participate in the mitigation of climate change and the collapse of biodiversity. Economy and ecology are not antagonistic. As some number might think, they are, on the contrary, perfectly complementary, and this is a reason to be upful. And the the Agri and the Envy committees of the European Parliament are increasingly having to work side by side on a number of files. Um, So I'm wondering, in your view, how is the relationship between the two and do you see a need for greater collaboration? In this holistic approach and long-term vision, which can reconcile ecology and economy, citizen and producer, it is necessary and even indispensable to strengthen and expand cooperation with the ENVI committee. The agricultural activity is so strategic in terms of food, climate and biodiversity that it is absolutely necessary that the question of its development and its future are broadly debated. The joint work of these two committees contribute to this essential objective. And we spoke before uh, about uh, Julian de Normandy uh, speaking before the uh, MEPs in the Agri Committee uh, this week, outlining the main priorities for the French presidency. So what did you make of his speech? Well, Julian de Normandy remains stuck in this corporatist and narrow-minded discourse and addresses only the agriculture profession and its satellites. He is exactly the opposite of the desire of a global approach and a long-term vision of this desire to place the subject of agriculture in a real societal debate, despite the urgency of the situation regarding the climate, biodiversity, food sovereignty, but also the income of producers, and the renewal of farmer generation. A minister who manages so much public money to support an economic activity should integrate these multiple inputs in the, in the interest of all. But he prefers to remain in this corporatist approach and perfuse with taxpayers' money an agriculture that is at odds with citizen and society expectation. And uh, Julien de Normandie also took the opportunity to 
to bash the Greens approach when it comes to agriculture, you know, accusing your party of forgetting the mission of the agricultural sector to, to feed people. Um, what's your response to this? In France, we are used to the frontal attacks of this government against the ecologists. This is an illustration that they are becoming aware of the relevance of our proposal and therefore of the threat that we can represent politically. But in a sense, our conception of agriculture is first and foremost an agriculture that will be able to feed, but that will be able to feed fairly, healthy and filled all citizens. The cooperative vision of this minister is from another time, another era, and looks agriculture in a scheme where everyone will lose. The climate, the biodiversity, the food sovereignty, the planet, the European Union, southern countries, farmers, etc. etc. Everyone expects the agrochemicals and the agri-food industry. Is this really what we expect from a minister who should only be guided by the common interest and the concern of future generations? So that's all from us this week. And this week, like every week, the Euractive Agri-Food podcast was produced by Euractive's Agri-Food news team. That's Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foote, with the technical support of our podcast producer, Evie Curie. And you can also find this podcast on all major streaming platforms. That includes Amazon, Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to our Agri-Food newsletter so you don't miss the latest agriculture news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. Thanks for listening and see you next week.